Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner. We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident. So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversations with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jaren. And this is Marriage on Purpose. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, send them in to marriageonpurposepodcast at gmail.com and they will be featured on the beginning of our episodes. All questions will be anonymous. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. I don't know what week this is. Do you? Um, it's episode 11. Okay. And episode 11. It's cool. our very first mini series. Air quote mini series. We got three episodes. Trying to sound official. Yeah, trying to. But yeah, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Okay, I want to clear the air about something. I had some, I previously threw some Disney princes under the bus that I should not have. Okay, do you know where I'm going with you this? Can make some disclaimers? I need to, I need to right a wrong here. Okay. I was trashing Prince Eric thinking he was Prince Charming. Lo and behold, Prince Eric is a savage. He is a pirate. He is the only one who's, only prince who's ever done anything. I guess the guy from like Sleeping Beauty was kind of, he was kind of cool too. He slayed a freaking dragon. So Prince Charming though, dirtbag. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) That's who I meant to be talking about was Prince Charming. So no Prince shade, charming. no shade to Prince Eric. I don't remember you saying that, but I said charm. I said sure Eric a couple times. Someone did, and I gotta write that because he like drove a boat into a sea monster and for his woman. I yeah. mean, that's who I want to be. Yeah, I have a disclaimer too. Okay, go ahead. I said something about manifestation at the end of an episode. I feel like I need to put a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I, I feel like I quickly. Uh... No, you did, but it was okay. just like really like quick at the end of an episode. Uh, you were actually being sarcastic. I was, for sure. I actually don't even really remember what I said. I just remember I said something about manifesting, and I, I say that a lot. Right. Okay, just joking around. I don't really think that you can just like manifest. I'm, I'm like... gonna have a new car by three months it's gonna happen i'm gonna speak it into existence name it and claim it baby yeah (laughs) but i do think that there's power in your words and your thoughts yeah just not that kind of power not that kind of power but i say these things and in my mind i'm thinking like you know i've had anxiety and stuff so there really is power in your words so when i say stuff like that sometimes like that's what i'm thinking but i don't really mean the actual worldly definition of manifesting yeah i get what you're saying you know yeah just disclaimer we gotta we gotta fix all of our errors. We gotta write some wrongs up in <laughs> we here, don't write we? Some wrongs. <laughs> We're gonna have a disclaimer at the beginning of right. every episode. Now, Sorry, last episode what we said we definitely said something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of last episode, we did have a question. Yeah. We're gonna go over that. Um, if you could spend a thousand dollars on anything you want for yourself, what would it be? I want to hear your answer first. <gasps> I was literally about to say that. Okay. Um, I don't know if this would be. This probably isn't the correct. Format because it would be beneficial for all of us, but Joel Salton has like a 
uh, holistic, not holistic, but like a regenerative farming course that you can take. And it shows how he's done everything super in depth. And it's a thousand dollars. It's three easy payments of three seventy five or something like that. Yep. Yeah, right. But I mean, I feel like that would just be a wealth of knowledge. If I could just like pick some toys out that I wanted, I would put that money towards a drum set. But it wouldn't even like get me shells. Yeah. I would and it wouldn't even cover That's kinda symbols. how I feel about the thousand dollar thing, okay? So like practically if I had to like keep the limit at a thousand dollars and it can only be for me I would probably finish my tattoo sleeve out. Like I have a half sleeve at the yeah. bottom of my arm. I probably would just like finish it out and get a full sleeve. But what I really want is like a new leather sofa. Yeah. Which runs at like $2,000. So. We should have we should have <laughs> set the limit at like $5,000. Yeah. That would have been. That's dreaming big right there. Yeah, that's too much. But <laughs> those us. are some of my ideas. That's yeah. where my That's where my mind goes. For sure. So. Well, let's get into our very first episode of this little series we have yeah this is going to be on creating a family unit and we have had some people ask us about discussing boundaries with in-laws and that's a topic we've talked about before it's something we often talk about boundaries we could go through all the practical ways to set boundaries and why they're important and i think we will get to that but before we get to practical, we thought that it would be smart to kind of lay a foundation because a lack of boundaries with in-laws or a lack of boundaries with anything for that matter, friends or hobbies or mm-hmm. work, all of that can all stem from not successfully creating a good family unit. Yeah, we're going to kind of work backwards. We're going to do a family unit, but then we were like, well, you really need to kind of do a couple steps before there, before you get to where it's time to create a good family unit or family vision or whatever we call it. So that that's how we came up with these two other episodes first. Yeah. So when thinking about this episode, we kind of asked the question, why is creating a family unit important? Where does this even come from? Where does this stem from? And this, we are going to be going more in depth in the Bible in this episode um, because we need a foundation and that's our foundation. That's what we believe. And we see this idea of being a family unit in Genesis, um, in Genesis 2.24, where it says, the man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Very interesting. I had a really hard time with the scripture because the word cleave is a contronym, which means it at the same time without changing the spelling or anything means opposite from itself. Completely opposite things. Yeah. Like cleave in this scripture says to like remove, to separate or Not no, sorry. Scripture. That's what it means normally. So in this scripture, it says that a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Right. And Jaron only knew the word cleave as in separate, or that's how he thought of it. And I kept talking to him about this, and I would say that the man needs to cleave to his wife, and he's like, that means separate. What are you talking about? I'm like, we have to change the wording. And I'm like, babe, that's what the Bible says. I'm sorry, (laughs) but like a cleaver separates a piece of meat. There's There's a whole group of words called contronyms. Yeah, which is where cleave 
lies. It's so dumb to me. But I did not know that it meant separate. So, that was not in my head. So we were on opposite ends, yeah, not really like, understanding each other. You're not making any sense. But I was like, babe, this is from the Bible. So we did do some digging on the word cleave. And in this context, it does mean to be bound to. It means to attach. Yeah, I might be like throwing the word attach in there yeah. for myself. If <laughs> but y'all... if I say cleave, I'm talking about attach, not yeah. separate. <laughs> I'm going to just get completely derailed if you say that. And I'm going to be like, wait. Uh. Well, the title of this episode is Leave and Cleave. So <laughs> yeah. leave and detach. No, leave wait. and attach. Uh, see, I can't even do it. I can't even like, ugh, I can't get it right one time. Okay, so okay. let's dig deep. What does this mean? This verse Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave, attach unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Well, in order to cleave, in order to attach to your wife, in order to become one, you must leave. That's what it says first, right? First. You have to leave. Um, So like we said, we looked up cleave and it means to be bound to. Jared cannot understand that. Okay, I'm just going to like ignore it and so you okay. can get your point across. Okay. So it means to be bound to, right? That's that's a big task. Yeah. And the Bible says that marriage takes precedent over all other relationships in your life, over your parents, over your friends, over your kids, over your career. And it has priority because you are in a covenantal relationship with your spouse not anyone else covenant is a big word right like that's that's a a promise it's bigger than a promise you are i don't even know how to describe covenant. it's a it's like a a tie that can't be broken like a promise can be broken a covenant should be thought of as like it's unbreakable and that's how you go into it you you go into it thinking this will be like never broken the covenants that god laid out he never broke they're still to this day they're not broken so that's kind of where we get that for in our marriage yeah so leaving and cleaving refers to leaving your old family unit your mom and your dad to form and attach to your new partner this new covenant you're entering into to form a new family so your allegiance is no longer primarily to your family that you were born into but it is to your spouse And this does not mean that you cut your family out of your life or you never speak to them again. Um, But it does mean that you have to give your new family your priority. You you never make a covenant with your parents. It's a whole different ballgame than the family dynamic, the family relationship. It should take precedent over everything. And that's what we get from the Bible. Okay, so what does that look like? separating from like me from my parents and then you from your parents you know what does that exactly look like when we come together and how should we like handle that I guess with our families it's kind of a boundary practically speaking yeah practically speaking what would that look like what does it look like attaching to this new family so I think practically I might say to Jaren hey I know this is what your family normally does around the holidays whatever that may be, whatever your holiday traditions are. I know that's your norm, but I grew up very opposite than that. I grew up completely opposite. Maybe we are in opposite extremes of how we did the holidays and we both are wanting to do our thing and we're not driving. So I might say, hey, I know this is how you do it, but 
can we create something that's new and that works for both of us? A compromise. A compromise, yes. Um, Or, for instance, maybe your family met for dinner every single Friday night and that was like a family tradition, but now you're married. And maybe your spouse comes to you and says, hey, I know you're used to having dinner with your family every Friday night, but I feel like our marriage is not taking top priority. I feel like we're not putting in effort and time for our family. So can we maybe talk about new habits that can work for our marriage and make sure it's taking top priority, it's taking precedent. And those are conversations you have to listen to your spouse in those conversations. It's, It's important. If your spouse is coming to you and saying that they don't feel like a priority, you need to listen. It's important. This is what the Bible tells us, that our spouse should take top priority. And if someone's not feeling top priority, that's that's serious. We need to listen. I know a lot of families that do both. Like they go to one side and then they try to run to the other side, run to both sides of the family and do both holidays at the same oh, yeah, time. And like they both holiday. try to accommodate okay. each other. And then you ask them about the holidays and they're just like, oh, that was a stress. That was just, we were running all over. We yeah. went to five houses. It was right. just, um, you know, and it's like, man, that doesn't sound enjoyable. It doesn't sound like you look forward to the holidays, you yeah. know. You're not doing something new that works for your family. You're trying to squeeze in both families' yeah. things. At the same time, not creating anything for your family. Right. Creating actually a stressful situation that you don't like. Not, I mean, if that works for you and you guys agree to do that or you both feel like you should, by all means, you guys, that's you agree if to that, do that. If that works for you, yeah, yeah for sure, sure. you agree to do that. But if you hate it and you're like, why doesn't this work? We, the holidays are just no fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be a time to have a conversation. That's kind of a boundary thing we can get into on another episode. But Yeah, yeah. We just wanted to give some realistic examples while we're in here. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to if a person is feeling like they aren't taking top priority because of anything else, you need to listen. Your covenant should be number one. Biblically, in a marriage, that's what we're called to do. We need to listen to our spouses. We need to put our covenant first. We're called to leave all these other things to attach, to cleave to our spouse. And if we're still cleaving, attaching to all these other things, then we've never left in the first place. Yeah, you're still a part of your old family. You're still attached to your parents or your upbringing, whoever raised you, you know, you're still back there. Right. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. If you come into a marriage and you have a lot of expectations of what marriage should look like, you might as well just throw them out the window. If you have not sat down and talked through things with your spouse yet you really shouldn't have expectations because you are creating a brand new union and we often bring things into our marriage of like what our parents did or we have these expectations of like I'm going to do that like my parents did but that's not what we're called to do in marriage we're called to create something new with this other person that we joined with also when other people give you advice you have to put it in context too like their marriage they give you advice what worked for them Mm -hmm. but that was you know if we're talking about this specific topic they weren't raised in the house you were raised in they were raised in the house they were raised in so like they can tell you what happened with their situation but your situation is always going to be unique to you because of the way your parents raised you and the way your spouse's parents raised them so it's it's 100% unique you can have guidelines and kind of that's kind of what we're laying out like guidelines of how you should maybe approach this but it is unique to your situation because 
you were only right ra- no one was raised the same yeah and no two separate people were raised you know the formula just doesn't add up you can't well and really outside of the things that the bible does say we need to do obviously if the bible says to do something we do it but apart from that everything in a marriage is up for negotiation yeah so there isn't a right way to do a lot of things yeah and so there's so much freedom in marriage you you're supposed to create something new and a lot of times we don't do that we have so many expectations of what marriage needs to look like and we come in with all of this control of how we want our marriage to go and it's two people fighting for control but we're supposed to create a new culture not the one your parents had even if your parents don't like the culture you're creating Ooh, that happens sometimes watch out parents can be vocal about that sometimes sometimes they are vocal we're pretty lucky with that but i've heard that we're also that's a thing we're also pretty like we don't care what you think well, sometimes. We care what you think, but like we are going to do our own thing. Yeah. Like yeah. you can tell us what you think and we won't be rude or say anything about it, but like yeah. then we'll just text you and be like, look, this is what we're actually doing. We're doing this. Because we decided <laughs> our family comes first before your wants and needs for the holidays. Yeah. Our family's needs for the holidays come right. first right. before our in-laws. And that can be hard when your parents are vocal about the things that you don't like, but you are not bound to them yeah you are not cleaved to them your allegiance isn't to your parents yeah i don't want to i don't want us to paint the picture of the holidays or like the thing you need to fight over it's just a contingent thing with each spouse's family members wanting to spend time together you know it's a common thing that you hear disagreements about everyone wants to spend time together everyone has the best interest they want to spend time with their family and we're making it sound like we're spending time by ourselves we don't want to spend time with it but no like if you can agree and make it work out and each family can kind of work something out like maybe not everyone does well let's give a clear example okay we we don't we do spend time with our family on the holidays our boundary that we have set is that on let's say christmas on christmas day we spend christmas as our family unit yeah we don't visit any extended family we don't visit my parents we don't visit jaren's parents on christmas day we have young kids so like christmas morning presents the whole thing cookies whatever we do all of that stuff we love doing that yeah we really make the day about us and our traditions yeah what we want to do we will do christmas any other day around the holidays any other day of the month we don't care we'll do it we'll drive where it's fine yeah but like christmas day is not that we've decided with our kids and our family we're hanging out at home yeah and that's just because of our views on christmas we we believe it's about jesus and we want to keep it about jesus and and not stressful when we're running around it's not restful it's not peaceful that's just a culture that we want to create we want our kids to remember that so that was important for us and we had to set that boundary in the beginning of our marriage and it works for us people respect it we still see family on christmas or around christmas time holidays and it's great so things like that another stressful holiday is thanksgiving because you feel like you need to visit all the families on thanksgiving and there's like five different thanksgivings that might be something that's stressful for you so just know that you can create something new even if it's not in your family tradition because when you're taking two different people from two different two different backgrounds your family tradition is going to look so different. What if you marry someone from a different culture than you? Yeah. Like you got to take these things into consideration. You have to be willing to create something new. 
So Tim Keller has a great quote on this and it says, if you haven't set new ways of doing things in your home, then you haven't left your old home. Makes sense. And that's so good. And that's why I say you can't come into marriage with all these expectations. You're supposed to be creating something new. And it's fine to bring things from your upbringing into your marriage. And we're talking we're talking about things that you disagree on mm-hmm. or like a tradition I want to bring in that conflicts with a tradition you want to bring in. That's kind of the situation we're talking about. Yeah, at that point, you have to create something new. We often act like our ways are very set in stone in marriage. We don't like to negotiate. We don't like to give. It's hard. Our ways are the only right way. We have to do it this way. We hold so tight to those things, but you got to recognize you are attaching to those things and not your spouse. Correct. And if your family pressures you into doing that, you then you have a choice in front of you. I can choose what my family wants me to do or I can choose to compromise with my spouse. Yeah. So we need to create something new. So we've talked about this a lot. Let's narrow down why that is so important, creating something new. Um, I think for one, it builds a lot of cohesion. This is how you build a unity. This is how you build oneness. We are to become one flesh. When we create something new, we really become one. It mirrors our relationship with God. Our earthly marriages are the closest example of the relationship that we have with God. It is the only covenantal relationship that we have on earth. It is the only relationship where we can be united emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Our marriages are really important. Another thing is under God's design, we experience order to our lives. It minimizes the opportunities for chaos and sin. We've talked about this before, but God's rules are not there to be mean or strict or you know we think of him like this angry god who has this big rule book for us but that's that's not why they're there he's they're not there to be controlling they're there because he knows us best he knows our hearts best he knows our design best he designed us he knows how we're going to function best he knows what works best right we think a lot of times we know what works best like we know we have our desires and everything he knows what will work best right looking at everything the big picture even stuff we can't see for sure so his design always brings order and peace so we need to follow his design when we do that when we follow this scripture and we put our marriages first and they take precedent over everything and we attach we're bound to our spouse before anything else we will feel more order and peace in our lives being married to one person is hard enough it is difficult to always love and consider this what? other person Me? above yourself. That you're pointing to across the screen and say, this. This person this. right here. It's hard. It's hard to put someone above yourself. Our greatest enemy is selfishness and pride. For sure. Like That, that is the thing. That's the hardest thing to overcome. It's, it's so hard. Yeah. Selfishness also comfortability what is the most easy what is comfortable what feels good in the moment yes pride of just like not wanting to be wanting to be the best not wanting to change your ways not, feeling yeah, like, like you're right i'm correct i not, this is the best way yeah but really it's 
But we're supposed to be one with our spouse. And the only way that we can be one is if we're willing to lay down some of our desires. Right. And that's hard. It's hard to do that. So doing that with one person is hard enough. But now add multiple other people to the top of that priority list. Like your family. You're cleaving to your family still. You're cleaving to your hobbies or whatever it could be. Your friends. Add multiple other things to the top of that list. And it's going to get really messy. If you're considering family members as often as you are your spouse, you will get burnt out and your spouse will suffer and you're going to be exhausted and you're going to be trying to please everyone and trying to be bound to all these things and all this stuff and it's going to be chaos. The point of the marriage is to create something new with someone, to create a family. Like even if you don't have kids, you're still a family. Your spouse is your family. Right. When you get married, you're not grabbing a person and bringing them back home to your mom's house and your dad's house and trying to make that like if I brought you home and I said I lived in you know I lived in Connorsville growing up a long time ago I lived there if I if I married you and we just went back to my mom's house and said hey I got a wife now guys look at me they'd be like okay why are you here what are Mm -hmm. you doing here you should be with your wife well some people that is the norm that's what they do they live their lives doing that it can get messy if, if the other person doesn't want to do that, they're coming into this with maybe their own family ways and things that they, maybe they want to be around their family. It's going to get messy if you're not willing, at least, to create something new. Yeah, there's natural tendencies, like you hear the the woman, like, stays close with her mom, you know, well, like the scripture says, the man leaves and cleaves. Maybe that's why, yeah, the scripture is very clear about the man leaving cleaving to his wife and they become one yeah i mean i think still think it's clear they become one the woman is also becoming one with the man she's not still bound to attached to her family it's it's interesting that tendencies follow along the path of you kind of hang out with the wife's family it seems like like she wants to stay close to her mom and her i don't know well maybe this is like the beginning of a man kind of leading the way to in what true love looks like therefore shall a man he, he initiates, leaves his father and mother. He initiates cleaving unto his wife, and then they become one flesh. Kind of pulling her alongside. He's kind of initiator. He's yeah. the leader. To kind of tie it all together, I think so many of our disagreements in marriage can be brought back to this idea. Are you cleaving? Are you bound to your spouse or to something else? I think it can solve so many disagreements. You must be willing to change and compromise and create something new. Are you putting other things at the top of the priority list before your spouse? And if your spouse feels that way, you probably are. If your spouse brings it to you, it's more than likely they're feeling the effects of you not leaving and cleaving or you prioritizing your family on the same level as you're prioritizing your spouse. Like there's not, the spouse doesn't feel like I get priority. It's just like competition with the family. And this isn't something to like make you feel like pointing a finger at you and making you feel bad about yourself. Like we all do this all the time. It's a conversation we all have to have and we all fail at it and we all have to compromise. Our priorities always get jumbled. Even if we have it great for a season, you have to continually talk about this. And it's a conversation where one season one person might not feel prioritized and the next season the other person might not feel prioritized but it's that's why i say when your spouse is coming to you and saying that you should listen well that's kind of all we have for this episode we hope this helped 
lay a foundation for what the beginning steps of becoming a family unit look like and why being a unit is important. Um, We are going to have a couple more episodes coming out on the family unit next week. We are going to discuss some more practical things. We're going to be going into those boundaries with in-laws. Maybe we'll touch on boundaries a little bit just in general. Sure. But we're going to be getting more practical next week. So that's exciting. Okay, so what is our question for next week? Next week's question is, what personality trait do you wish that you had? Is singing a personality trait? No. Okay. <laughs> Sadness. You have to answer it next week, though, anyway, so Bummer. you can okay. mull it over. Well, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and we will see you guys next week. See you guys next week. <laughs>